0: You're listening to the World Football Programme with all the latest updates from both local and international football.
1: Good morning. Welcome to the World Football Program, Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM. Saturday morning, Hugh and myself here until midday. Good morning, Hugh.
2: Morning Penny. Morning everyone. Just a quick community announcement for those listening out there. It is in fact national World 10km slower day so if you are <laughs> going to your game today please allow extra time because everybody on the road is doing 10 kilometres slower so, so if I'm still huffing and puffing that's because I <laughs> nearly fell up the stairs
1: <laughs> it is also National Volunteer Week starting on Monday well it's a national day for everything
2: so yeah unbelievable I wish I'd got the email on that one <laughs>
1: Thanks for joining us, everybody. You can catch our podcast on au. That's with a double M-E. Or you can land on our Facebook page and post your news, give you a shout about anything and anyone, given it's National Volunteering Week starting. And you can start today. That's fine. Just jump on there and brag and shout and give someone a bit of accolade that's been around the club for years or has done some great things or you just think needs a bit of a pat on the back.
2: That's it. Your club won't survive without A volunteer like yourself or those that have been doing it for some time so give them a pat on the back thank them when you see them and uh, think about doing it yourself
1: absolutely it makes the world go around all this extra stuff that people give to the community Yep, yep yep We've got a great show today and there's been lots of news too and um, there's been lots of female football news or I should say news in the female football community and we'll talk about that through the show, uh, especially with some of our guests. We do have Tommy Dolman, who's a NPL reporter with Football West on the show. First up, Randall Stout from Murdoch University, Melville, who's the vice president of the club, Mum FC, or just Melville, Tom (coughs) Samani, the Football Ferns New Zealand national team coach, We'll be talking about everything football there. A guest junior footballer in the eleven thirty to eleven forty-five space, and Matt Stacey from Perth Glory on the upcoming Perth Glory game. We've Good got one. Got three on the trot. Yeah. And then uh, we'll see if we do the big long distance run to Wellington. I'm not quite sure. Tony was jumping up. Tony Sage was jumping up and down about whether that should happen or not. Well, and he's got
2: a he's got a valid point. I mean, I won't mention the. Actual other code, but there was a few that are playing in a representative game uh, in Eastern State, and there's a few well-known players of some ability who have decided not to travel because of COVID situations. Like they have, most people have um, a job, and if it's not a full time, and you've got family as well, then it's become a, a particular uh, conundrum to put yourself in. Do I go for the good of the team or do I stay for the good of the family?
1: Yeah, however, my, my thought on that would be professional football, professional sport, yep. you dedicate to that professional sport. You, you don't have the second, third and whatever other jobs and the family considerations are, well, okay, that's the job. Fair enough when you're being a professional sports person where you live. Yep. There's no travel generally, but if you're a professional sports person that is part of a national league and you're uh, designated to travel, you know there's going to be glitches and there's going to be time away from family. So,
2: Yeah, but we did see that with Castro uh, yeah. last year, and we certainly, uh, we as, as, as Perth Glory yeah. fans, we felt there was a big hole missing. And with his mercurial talent, um, could we have gone further? I think so, but he was one who said, my family comes first. Yes, I am a professional footballer, but what's more important than family?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There's lots of considerations, isn't there? It's a a crazy place to be right now. Oh, yeah. Crazy is the new normal, though. Um, Lots of news. What's been your point of news for this week, you? Well, I was going to do the uh, Mackenzie Arnold.
2: So um, she has been um, awarded the um, WSL Goalkeeper of the Year, which is excellent. I mean, you know, that goes with... I think it's four, maybe five A-League Goalkeeper of the Year awards that she has. But the one that may have missed um, some people's attention was um, earlier in April. uh, West Ham United were playing in the Women's FA Cup against Chichester and Selzy. So those of you who may not have heard of Chichester and Selzy in the Women's Super League, it's because they don't play in it. So, okay, there so hang
1: are, on. is that one name Ch-
2: Chester and Selsey. Yeah okay. so like Dagenham and Redbridge so <laughs> or Brighton and Hove oh, Albion. So yes it's a it's a women's team of um, a slightly lower division. Uh West Ham were up 8-0 and the coach went ah, I want to give the midfielder a rest looked on the bench and went oh crap I've only got the reserve goalkeeper which was Mackenzie Arnold having a having a bit of a rest and he he threw her on so she played 20 minutes in the midfield and West Ham went on to win 11-0. So
1: it was. that's Yeah, not it sort of radar.
2: melted down uh, social media where people were going, <laughs> particularly in England. You're taking the P one double five here by bringing on a reserve keeper, and he went, "Well, I've got a, I've got a squad." She was on the bench, midfielder needed a rest. <laughs> on you go. Uh,
1: I'm sure there's some other interesting stories out there now. You've mentioned that one. Please do post them on our <laughs> <web> page. <laughs> Look, uh, a big thank you to. Everybody that supports the program becomes a member. Um, just put your comments and news on the Facebook page, logs into the podcast. And a very big thank you to our partners, Futsal WA. Greg Farrell is an awesome supporter oh, of the show. Uh, register your team in the Superliga. They have rebranded themselves, so have a look at their new Facebook page, Futsal WA. Oswest yep. Fencing and Wrought Iron for custom-built fencing and gates and Gate and Fence Hardware WA for all the components to do-it-yourself and renovate and repair. That industry is going crazy at the moment. Um, We did mention all the guests we've got on this week, Tom Randall, another Tom um, junior guest, and Matt Stacey. And there has been lots of news, and we'll talk about it through the show. Um, My highlights for the week are the big, I was going to say the big three, but actually I found out last night there's a big four. (laughs) And we'll talk about that when we talk to Tom Simone, but it's about Lisa Devana, yep. Sam Kerr, yep. the new president of the FFV and Nicola Williams. Yes. So for me, women's football news this week, Woohoo! hoo is exactly. all I can say. And we'll talk more about that later. We're going to go to a break and we'll come back and chat more football with Tommy Dolman. Thanks for listening. This is the World Football Program with Penn and Hugh.
3: 107.9 FM, your local station.
4: Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station Sponsor.
5: Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor all year round. So grab five
6: mates and come down for a game
3: today. G'day, I'm Peter Skeeler, the man behind ALeagueStats.com and part of the World Football Team for 2021. Joining me this year will be women's football expert Penny Tannehoth, Ashfield Sports Club member Sean Kelly, Subutio expert Hugh Best, and junior Matilda's goalkeeper Miranda Templeman. We will be with you every Saturday morning through to the end of November talking football. Catch the show on live stream or via our new website. Listen in later on the podcast or land on our Facebook page and share your football news. The World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.
1: Welcome back to the World Football Program. Penn and Hugh in the studio and... A few other things that are happening around the traps. There is an Olympics, which is actually going ahead. Is in it? Tokyo. <laughs> um, I know a lot of people feel mixed about that. Watching some of the um, heats for different events during the week in the empty stadiums yeah. and uh, a lot of Asian athletes competing in in those events, and it's just made me feel a little bit sad, but also excited that the Olympics is coming up because it is such a, an amazing event. Australia will be competing it, that yes, both the men's and the women's, mm-hmm. at the same time. And I think is that like the first time since maybe Athens or something like that that the men's and women's have been at the same place in the Olympics.
2: Was it Athens? It's yes,
1: been a while. Yes. Well, Tom, do you know the stat on that one? I think it's Athens. Yeah. What do you reckon, Tom?
3: Oh, hello. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> what, Chomp? You <laughs> quite eager there. <laughs> me under the bus there.
1: Yeah, of course we did. not 100% sure, to be honest. Yeah, no, no that's <laughs> cool. It's uh, We're just talking about the Olympics and <clears throat> there's a by-the-by, it's probably the first one that the men's and the women's have competed at in a very long time. It's, um, yeah, it's an interesting lead into the Olympics this year because of COVID and COVID qualifying events and teams um, getting their prep and their warm-up and all this kind of thing. It's uh, what, what are your thoughts on the Olympics, Tom? Do you have any at all? Have you been following who might be in the teams and where the games might be, or is it just, are you just waiting for it to happen and if it happens, it happens kind of thing?
3: Yeah, it's, it's very much the later. Um, there's obviously a lot going on with the, the, the domestic uh, sort of calendars at the moment around... Uh, Europe in terms of what I sort of keep an eye on, and obviously I'm I'm, I'm pretty entrenched in the uh, the MPL competitions as well over here. So yep. I imagine once uh, I imagine once the uh, the European leagues die down a little bit, then I can I can maybe start seeing some, some some focus. Yeah, absolutely. to the Olympics. But
1: I'm
3: I'm definitely looking forward to it though. Um, it should be great to see that the men's and the women's competitions sort of been run
1: um, concurrently. Um, obviously, the most important thing is is the safety of the the yeah.
3: participants um, and the staff and everything that are going over there, but, but fingers crossed it all works out okay and we get a good tournament.
1: Yep. Yeah, safety is the big thing and um, it'd be interesting to you know ha- speak to someone who's done a little bit of a, a survey, so to speak, of all the other um, associations or confederations or whatever that are competing in the Olympics f- football and the other sports and just find out what their reservations are and how they're going about protecting their players and how their lead up has been and um, you know, is it all going to be on an even playing field? Have the teams been enabled to have the same preparation and be the, at their best?
2: It's a good question for Tom Samani. He's coming up, isn't it?
1: Well... I suppose so, because they're in our group in the Olympics, aren't they? (laughs) We'll ask him. So, Tom, on the local calendar, it has been darn busy, and I must admit, Football West are kind of ramping up with the information that that they're pumping out via the Football West Facebook page in terms of they're getting highlights packages out, they're getting their um, snapshots of photos and tables of the uh, rounds and their uh, goal scorers and their votes and tables and everything like that. So, well done to Football West. And there's... What thirty-five odd thousand members in football West? So if they get it out into the social media and the twitters and all that, that's, that's a lot of people that are seeing all that stuff. Tom,
3: yeah, absolutely. And, and look, any, any promotion for our local competition uh, is obviously terrific. And and and, if, and, the, and when the cops are on board and sharing that information, that obviously doubly helps. And, and it, yeah, it's just it's just great to have that information circulating because we do have a couple of pretty exciting competitions going on at the moment at this level.
1: We do, and the NPL do have a buyer this week in the men's competition to allow the FFA Cup to um, be underway. I still get the FFA and the FA mixed up. <laughs> so why is it called the FFA Cup if we're now Football Australia? Uh,
3: that's an administrative
1: question that I don't have a copy nice of. <laughs> so... Yeah. I, I- I, I don't
3: know the answer, but I imagine that's something that may change uh, potentially once the um, once the end of, of the uh, I suppose the calendar season has is, is finished nationally.
2: Yep, that noise you hear, Tom, is the bus reversing. over you? Penny's doing a good <laughs> know, job to make I, sure you don't get back up again. No, right. Sorry. <laughs> let, let's go into
1: familiar territory, um, Tom, with the NPL. Let's start off with the, um, Men's. Let's start off with the men's NPL competition, Tom. What can you tell us about that?
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been a pretty exciting start to the season. We've obviously got the week off, as you touched on before, because of the, um, because of the FFA Cup, but we'll call it that. But, um, yeah, it's pretty exciting at the moment. Florida have obviously started the season really well. Um, they're leading the pack at the moment, but they've dropped points in the last couple of games against Guelph and Sorrento. So, um, they remain unbeaten. That's the positive thing as far as they're concerned. But ECU are really ramping up at the moment and, And I did that game, um, Kenny Lowe's team, playing at Bayswater last week, and they were just super efficient. They were controlling the tempo how they'd like to. They were releasing the counterattacks at the right times as well. It's just a very well-orchestrated machine that's sort of running at the moment. at They've won five games in a row, and they've kept five clean sheets as well in those five games. So they're they're looking like a really strong challenger to Floriatt and... That game obviously – sorry, that game also happens, that meeting between the top two after the Cup round this week. So uh, hopefully there's a great crowd up there at ECU because it'll be a a tremendous meeting between those
7: two sides, I suspect.
1: Yep. Okay, good one. Um, So just to clarify to everybody for this week, so there's a a bye in the NPL round. Which round was that, Tom? Was that round five? The bye? Uh, I'm –
2: I think it's six. Six because Um, they scrubbed five and they're coming – no, scrubbed four because they're coming back to it. I'm just a
1: little bit mixed in in which rounds are
2: Yeah, I think they kept the the, the numbering uh, to make it easier for everyone to know what's going on. So round four will be – well, Tom will be able to tell us – will be uh, pigeonholed in somewhere down the end of the middle of the season. Uh, But, yeah, Yeah. round six is the bye.
1: Okay.
3: Yes, but so they, yeah, those, those games will be taking place in a midweek, uh, either yep. in May or June, I yep. can't quite remember. Um, but the State League side, who were also postponed on that Anzac Day weekend, who were meant to be playing their round oh, three, I, I think. Yes,
6: <laughs> that that, that,
3: that round's being played this weekend. Obviously, the teams that aren't involved in the FFA Cup uh, yeah. will be able to play there their games this week, okay. so there is still some State League 1 and 2 going on this week as well.
2: So would that be why North Perth United are playing their FFA Cup against Armadale on the Wednesday?
3: Um, I'm not 100% sure, that's, that's, that's only something I saw this morning actually yeah. when I was looking at the fixtures, so I don't know if that's something that's been agreed between um, the clubs or possibly whether it's something to do with the ground, um, obviously North Perth have the home tie there um, yeah that, that's something you'd probably have to put to the clubs because i'm not 100 percent sure I only saw that myself this morning
2: okay so the bus is still uh, idling so uh, Gosnells aren't <laughs> going to be playing two games uh, in two days are they because they've got the game against rockingham on the sunday
3: yep no i, I mean i would expect Gosnells' as a league game uh will be will be put back to a later date as right. well i think it's just obviously the, the state league one and two was obviously postponed on the Anzac day round yep um, and they've and they've had the free week available this week for the cup, and they've they've sort of meshed. Um, the, the state league one and two teams that aren't involved in cup action are obviously
2: going to be playing this week. Yeah, no, so I, thought, I would suspect that the cup would take priority in yeah, the yeah. League fixture. I be thought it might have been right like day. one of the uh, the public holiday Mondays where they um, the the league plays on the Saturday and then the cups on the on the Monday. But um, yeah, I thought two two games in two days was was going to be a bit harsh.
1: Just for everybody out there, if you log into footballwest.com.au, you can find out all of the local fixtures, like non-NPL. There's also a tab on Football West to get to the NPL page. And if you go to FFA Cup, just Google it. You can come up with all the rounds and where they're playing for FFA Cup. We're right around Australia, actually. So it's uh, Football West and all the other states. So we're into – what round are we into for the FFA Cup? Round five. Round five, yeah.
3: Yeah, the local round is 16. Yep. Yes.
1: That's the one. Yeah. Anything that you fancy out of that, Tom?
3: Um, there's some interesting games on paper. Um, I, I suppose the, the, the most interesting of the all MPL clashes is is Gwellup versus Floria. Obviously, Gwala with the first to take points off Floria, as we touched on before. Uh, but we don't want those boring all MPL ties yet, do we, Penny? We want some. <laughs> uh, we want some potential upsets. The romance. McCain, um... The
1: romance of the cup, Tom, is what we want, right? <laughs> yeah. and there's some
3: interesting games. Um, I mean, you've got Quinana United, who are second in the Amateur Premier League at mm-hmm. the moment. They're playing at Dorian Gardens against Perth yep. um, today. So that'll be an interesting challenge. Perth obviously just lost Cameron Tease. Um, they'll still be heavy favourites, of course. But um, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity for Quinana to really sort of test their mettle against, the uh, obviously, one of the most decorated MPL teams um, over the years. So I'm, I'm sure they'll be looking forward to making the trip up to the city and... Uh, Obviously, it's one of those games you can have a bit of a free shot at and, and have a have a just all out go at because they're probably not expected to get a result. But um, stranger things have happened. Oh, and as yeah. you touched on before, the other the other amateur side playing NPL positions, North Perth United and, and Armadale. Who uh, Armadale a little bit of a sticky patch of form at the moment, and uh, North Perth United are obviously a different coach this season after Alex Carter sort of guided them to a lot of success. Mm. Um, at amateur level over the last sort of three four years so they're sort of finding their feet again they're mid-table at the moment in the division but it is very tight in the amateur premier league so um you just never know i suppose um but, it, but it's pretty exciting round the games overall
2: yeah the one i'm uh, particularly looking forward to is the uh, the bayswater Balcatta game what's your thoughts on that one tom
3: yeah, and this is an interesting game, because I, I don't know which team um, of, of either is going to show up. Um, both teams have blown a little bit hot and cold this season. Um, Bays would have shown real flashes of of good football. I, I saw them against Perth, and they were really good in the second half, and probably not, probably a little bit unlucky not to get a result, and they're sort of in that mid-table zone, but... They're just struggling for that bit of consistency at the moment. And the same can be said for Balcada, who played some pretty good football as well, but then but then lost to Perth Glory 3-0 um, at the weekend as well. So it'll be interesting to see which of those two teams um, shows up. I always say that cup football can possibly provide a little bit mm. of a break from the usual uh, grind of the league yeah. season. So may, maybe a fresh approach in the cup fixture may be able to reinvigorate one of these teams at the season unfolds.
2: Do you think Bayswater's loss of uh, Ndumba is going to be uh, an issue that they may not be able to overcome this week?
3: Well, it's an interesting one. I mean, they certainly missed him against ECU in the game I saw, but mm. ECU were also excellent at the oh, back. Right. So, I, I, so I, I tend to be very much of the case that, that they both, both there's two sides to a coin in the sense that Bayswater perhaps lacked a little bit of penetration, but... ECU also defended extremely well, and their shape was excellent. And they made it very difficult. So, look, I'm, I'm sure it's a challenge for Gareth Naven. He's going to have he's going to have a, a couple of weeks, perhaps, where he's trying to find a solution. Dumbers obviously a big loss. He's, I think he was the top scorer in the league last season, behind Danny Hodgson and Cam Pease. So, it'll be difficult to replace him. Um, but yeah, it, it's just it's just something that Gareth Naden going to have to find a solution for, I suppose.
1: Just uh, as a little bit of a romance of the cup thing, um, to, I mean, the top four in the NPL are in the FFA uh, Cup round this week, but um, Sorrento, who are sitting fourth in the NPL table, are playing against Karamar Shamrock, who are in Stately Division 2 and currently sitting seventh. So mm. that'll be a, an interesting outing for them. Yes. Mm.
3: Yeah. And Canberra, obviously the uh, double winners last season in Division Two, they had an excellent twenty twenty. They won the league and the uh, the top four or the NPL finals uh, competition that was at the end of the season. And, and Sorrento have got off to a, 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 an excellent start. Obviously, they took that point off Floria last week on the road. Um, and I think a lot of people expect Sorrento to be struggling for goals once Cam Teese, um obviously departed them for Perth before obviously moved on to Victoria from, from Perth yeah. <laughs> in the last week or so I'm, I'm, that's a very roundabout way of saying that uh, Sorens obviously lost Cam Teeth earlier in, at the end of last season but um, they've, they've actually really um, adjusted their, their game plan really well and it, it'll be an interesting game because uh, Caramar came off a draw with up City last week and uh, they've clearly got no issues in terms of finding the back of the net and they've obviously still got a little bit of confidence going in that team even though they're a little bit off the pace in the league. Um, still plenty of time, of course. But um, they should still be riding that wave enough from last season, you suspect, to have a, a really good go at Sorrento at Percy Reserve.
2: Yeah, one that we haven't uh, mentioned, the the Southern Derby. So, uh, Mandurah City against Coburn City, that, that should be an absolute cracker.
3: Oh, yeah. If, you, if, you, if you're in the Southern suburbs, I'd, I'd, I'd suggest that's probably the game to go to yeah. because Mandurah City are the, the night series winners, of course, mm-hmm. um, in the State League. Um, Coburn City are an interesting one. I spoke to, to Scotty Miller for one of the for one of the previews um, about a week ago, and he was a little bit sort of perplexed um, in terms of the that, that he he was very sorry sort of strong in terms of believing that the that the performance of the team were actually quite well, but they just weren't getting the results. and And he was very confident that once they they sort of got off and running, they'd be okay. and and true to form, he was pretty much spot on yeah. with what he told me in the preview because they won 3 0 against Armadale at the weekend. So, um, yeah, you've got Mandra who, who came back uh, to defeat Fremantle City 3 2 last week, having been 1 0 down and 2 1 down. Mm. And the week before, of course, they came from three goals down to draw three all with the Knights who were looking like a very strong contender um, to win Division 1 this season. So, Again, two teams who are in winning form and, and who have a little bit of confidence. And, and like you say, Hugh, that should be an absolute belter down there.
2: Yeah, that home crowd at Mandra City, it, uh, it can be a bit intimidating. It's, uh, it sort of reminds me a bit with uh, ECU Junedlup, like um, those s- teams that are sort of geographically, I won't say isolated, but uh, separate from, from a lot Position. of the other places where you're, you're not really sport for choice. They, they tend to get very, very vocal and uh, get behind their team as loud as they can.
3: Yeah, the, the the following for the night series final that they brought up, um, oh, the game against Kingsway was absolutely incredible. I was I, I was calling that one for Football West, and <laughs> at times I couldn't hear myself when I was trying <laughs> to call the game because they they just gathered in a little pocket, um, sort of just to my right, and they were making plenty of noise. That's mm-hmm. what we want to see. We want to see we want to see noise and, and atmospheres and and that sort of thing definitely adds to the occasion, and, and it certainly did in that game. And and obviously manager went on and got the 1-0 win in that game and, and the fans were very happy and, and they probably deserved it on the basis of that support alone. Mm.
1: Tom, just moving across to the women's NPL, they're in the usual round of fixtures, which is round six this weekend. Um, sitting on top of the table is Northern Redbacks over Mum FC. I suspect that might change in the <laughs> coming weeks. <laughs> yeah, there's an unbiased comment. <laughs> totally not unbiased. Um, Northern Redbacks are, are strong as, as per usual yep. in the top divisions of women's football. So we've got Redbacks, Mum FC, Fremantle and Balcata sitting in the top four. Um, what's your thoughts on the fixtures for this week, Tom?
3: Well, there was one game last night, of course, Teddy. The, the Redbacks yep. uh, defeated Freeman City yep. by five goals to nil. And, geez, they look good, don't they, the Redbacks? Oh, yeah. I mean, they, 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 they missed, um, uh, I think, Sean Billum and Lauren Kintinibali got injured, um, perhaps in round one. Um, so they've done really well without a couple of key players to get themselves towards um, the sort of top uh, end of the, the table. and. And, and now they've, they've got a couple of those players back. Sarah Carroll's obviously mm. back from W League commitments as well. And, yeah, they, they looked super impressive last night. Carroll with a couple of goals. Renee with a couple of goals. Larissa Walsh is in good goal-scoring form as well, having scored the winner against Curtin last week. So they're looking really good at the moment. Being four points clear of, of Murdoch University-Melville. Uh, obviously, Murdoch have their game to come uh, on Sunday away at Curtin, who have proved... A challenge, that like we, we said, they, they pushed the Redbacks last week by three goals to two, mm. so um, that'll be an interesting one. If Murdoch can, can obviously get the points in that one, they'll go into second, you'd expect on goal difference, and that sets up um FC and Northern Redbacks next Friday night on the synthetic, which is a game I'll be looking forward to and, and I'll be doing, so um, it, it, it's shaping up as a pretty competitive season at the top of the table, Penny.
1: Just uh, out of curiosity, you said the Murdoch synthetic. Then that's actually quite a, a long sentence. Um, <laughs> it, oh, I like to refer to the um, Murdoch synthetic as the stadium because it is kind of a stadium, and it sounds kind of fancy. And it's a you know, it's a FIFA grade um, pitch there. So well, I've never heard a football park called a synthetic before. And
2: she's got her arms folded, Tom. Yeah, You've I upset know. her now. <laughs> 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 no, just had to put that part in there.
1: <laughs> Um, so, just looking across the Women's State League uh, Division 1, Southwest Phoenix, who perennially seem to be sitting at the top of mm. a table when they're in the competition, um, are sitting on top after three rounds, so going into round five this week. Of course, um, the Anzac weekend fixes are all postponed and will be played at some point in the future midweek, like, like Tom suggested. And then Perth AFC, Sorrento UW, are also sitting in the top four there. So Southwest Phoenix are playing Mandurah City this week and Mandurah sitting ninth on the table. So um, I think that Southwester being the strong team they are, will probably get the win out of that one, sorry, Mandurah.
6: Ooh. Mm.
1: Um, and what else should we cover, Tom? I think we've covered just about everything in that conversation. Um, my tip is for Mum FC, by the way, to win the championship this year.
2: So well, there's a surprise, Pam. No, I Who know, would have right. thought
1: that had come out of your mouth? Yeah, but um, <laughs> I'm happy for Northern Redbacks to give us a lot of competition <laughs> and every other team in the competition to give us a lot of competition. But uh, just, Mum FC are very strong. Been down yes. and watch their training. Um, I love the way that they train. They've got a great and coach. Um, and yeah, they've got good underpinning structures as well, Tom.
3: I'm, I'm and yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of off the back of that point, Penny, I, I just want to sort of touch on myself. Some of the goals that we're seeing oh, yeah. in the yeah. competition this year have been absolutely incredible. I mean, I, I did the game at Bountada where they stayed six a at Grindleford Reserve, and some of the, the technique and the, and the quality of the goal scoring, yeah. um, Abby Green picking out the top corner, You're Charlie right. Wainwright, yeah. with a swerver off the post, and um, I believe it was Grace Betty as well who scored one from long range as well, so there's been some wonderful goals scored by by Murdoch University, Melbourne FC, and they're, they're, there's obviously plenty of talent at the club. So there's, yep. there, so you, you'd expect to see that coming. But, but even around the ground, like uh, Abby Meakin, uh scored a wonderful volley last week as well. I, I mean, I certainly don't yep. envy whoever's got to pick the goal of the season <laughs> this year. Cause yep. I reckon we've already seen three or four big contenders in the first five rounds. Yep. But, yep.
1: Um, and it's nice it's to see that
3: very exciting.
1: It's nice to see the clubs picking up and doing a little bit of. Um, uh, recording of the game yeah. as well and putting it to their pages and I post it around on my womensoccer. au Facebook page as well. So it's it's nice that the if you can't get to a game, you can see the game and that the goals are getting put out there and highlights of the games are doing. Northern Redbacks do a great job of that actually. They do media indeed, yeah,
2: yeah. Department. And yeah. again, those goals for, from that uh, game against Curtin. I mean, if you've got the time, and I suggest you find that time. Some of those goals yeah. are just. Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm like to say scored. world class, but gee whiz, they were, they were stunning.
1: Yeah, they, they were good. It, it's yeah. good. It's good to see lots of goals getting scored. I mean, one of the reasons my dad and I have a bit of a, like, a, mm, about uh, he's an AFL man. Like, there's lots of <laughs> goals getting scored, so it's exciting in the game and how many goals yep. get scored in yep. soccer. I'm like, well, Dad, you know, sometimes it's like that. It's about the play as well. But when there's goals getting scored, it's an exciting game. Yep. Yes, Tom, thanks very much yeah. for joining us this week appreciate your time as always You do a great job you commentating sure So keep it up mm-hmm. No
3: problem, Tony. Thank you very much
1: Enjoy Thank your you. weekend
2: yeah, No worries, Tom enjoy, See ya. enjoy your weekend
3: See you
1: guys. See Bye. you too. That was Tommy Dolman NPL match reporter Across the Football West competitions yep.
2: And if there's anything Tom doesn't know It's not happening <laughs>
1: Well, except when we throw him under the bus. Oh, uh, yeah. Actually, I did that. All right. I mean, I know it
2: had a reverse gear, but did you have to put it back into first (laughs) as well?
1: (laughs) That's okay. I'm sure we'll pick up the answers along the way. (laughs) This is Penn and Hugh. We're going to come back and talk more football very shortly. You're on the World Football Program. Thanks for listening in. Stay tuned. You're listening to Radio Fremantle 107.9. I'm Penny tanner It's season 34 for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle. We are the longest-running football show in Australia, morphed from a sports program way back in 1987. The hosts and voices may have changed, but the content, filled with passion, news, characters and history, has not. The World Football Team are all volunteers, and we appreciate you listening in. 2021 brings a new look with our new logo, website and podcast. Thanks for sharing the journey with us on Radio Fremantle. If you like us, become a member of the station. Find a membership form on our new website, the World Football Program.
8: People can't hide their passion, don't hide yours. Join our team.
0: Oh, give me land, lots of land, under starry skies above, don't fence me
9: in. AusWest Fencing and Royal Tryon, are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialize in colourbond, aluminium, steel and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au That's A-U-S-W-E-S-T fencing.com.au please
1: Welcome back to the World Football Programme on 107.9 FM. You've got Penny and Hugh in the studio. And our guest right now from Mum FC is Randall Stouts, the Vice President of the club. Good morning, Randall. How are you?
7: Good morning, Penny. Thank you for having me.
1: Now, don't start with a sigh. It's ah. got to be relaxing and easy. <laughs> we're just going to have a banter okay. like we're having a cuppa, all right?
7: No, you just got to remember I'm at the Cuddly Animal Swan Valley Farm (laughs) uh, at a birthday party. The coffee was terrible here. So you turn up with children this early in the morning after a 7.30 netball game, and then you get bad coffee. So you did. Uh, you best <laughs> problem. Best problem. It's pretty
2: strange, yep. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> Can life get any worse?
1: No. <laughs> uh, you're you're oh, there. It could be raining.
2: Yeah. Well, be rain. should, hey, <laughs> I'm looking out the window, and it might. So you know, if you want to jinx it that far. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, you, you're doing. You're doing good, Randall. Give us a little bit of a, a profile of yourself, your role at Mum FC, and your history with the club.
7: Okay. Well, let, let's define Mum FC first. Okay. Our our wonderful history was um, Melville City Football Club. And then we got taken over by Murdoch University. So we had to change our name The Murdoch University Melville Football Club, short for Mum FC. So we are, that is us. Uh, yeah. My role, um, I've been a player for a long time. I'm one of these players that is old. <laughs> is the term Masters Football. season professional. Since I'm a gazelle, basically, a gazelle. I like it. And then, of course, and then now I'm no longer a gazelle. <laughs> I'm more like a donkey that should be taken out the pasture. Of the <laughs> but I,
1: Do you still play, Randall? Yeah, I still,
7: like to, yeah, still play. <laughs> but yeah, no, no, so I joined the committee a couple of years ago um and then I'm just a vice, I'm, I'm, everyone's a vice president, basically. You can be the vice president of, uh, Sanitary products at our club. We (laughs) give everyone the name vice president, but um, no, I just help out on the committee. Um, Yeah, but it's it's a great club. I didn't realise how big it was. Um, We've got, I think at the last last count, I think it's fourteen hundred and sixty-five registered players this year, which you know is fantastic. Um, Yeah, and we um, we've got you know from all levels. On a Saturday morning like this morning, you'll have, I think, 450 kids, age um, 5 up to age 12, playing on a Saturday morning. So, pure chaos. Yeah. The famous substances will happen. And uh, just amazing to see, you know, so many parents and so many families and so many grandparents come in to support their kids.
1: So, what you just said then was about 450 kids on a Saturday morning. So, of the 1,500 or so that, members the club's got, about a third of them are under the age of 10. That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh,
7: probably under the age of nine, actually. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, but, I mean, there's just so many. <laughs> I think even under the 10s, I think there's, like, 12 teams at the moment. Um, I mean, Penny, as you would know, one of our focal areas is to grow our girls team. Yeah. Um, I mean, as a, t- as a club, we're not satisfied that we've got enough girls playing in our football club, but... um. Yeah, that's something that we're trying to address. We've got a few ideas in the pipeline, but that's an area um, that we really want to grow because, I mean, we've got the World Cup coming up. Yeah. We just want to see way more girls. um, But it's still a wonderful club to be involved
1: with. It is. Um, Give us um, some of the flagships for the club.
7: Yeah, well, um, I mean, to me, I mean, I'm a community club man, so... I just love seeing kids who love football um, play the game. And I think our job job as a club is to foster the love of football. So we've got that aspect of it, which I think we do well. Then, you know, to the club's credit, over a long period of time, they've really developed this, I guess we call it the academy program, which is where, you know, kids from age nine up, they really want to progress in their football. We've got some, we have got some amazing coaches um, where, you know, there's twice-weekly training. Um, apologies for the nose. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't, can't control that. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, like, so there's just this amazing level of coaching. We've got um, a technical director in our club, and for people that don't know what that is, it's just, I guess, an employee whose job is to oversee the training and developments. Um, so we've got... We've got a program for kids that really want to develop and grow. We've got some really good coaching. You go into an academy team and you get selected for that. They'll try out for that. So pretty brutal in the sense that, you know, we've got, we've got like a team of four or five coaches who will see some kids play football every week for, say, four or five weeks. and Then they deliberate and choose teams that will be in the squad. And out of that squad, they um, choose you know, teams, and every year you have to try out again. So it's like like a real world <laughs> situation. So and that's so been our, our. We've probably got. I think we've got the best your program in Perth, um, just from what I've seen. And even if players join us for a couple of years and improve their football, and then um, they might move on to another club.
2: So Randall, that uh, academy—that's for boys and girls, isn't it?
7: Oh, of course, yeah. yeah. Boys and girls. I mean, then I mean. It's a bit of a learning curve for me because my kids are a little bit young to play, but then you've got men's state league, yeah. which is you know. So we've we've got a, a team, we've got a um, they're in the second division. Unfortunately, we're like lucky to be in the first division, and we've got a um, a reserves, and we've got an under eighteen, and we're very lucky. Last year, the first year of women's NPL, which is sort of open women, and we. We put a team into that and they won the league, which was a fantastic result for the first year of women's NPL in Perth.
1: Absolutely. And when we talk about flagships, I think having a men's team in the state league competition and a women's Mm. team in the NPL competition is definitely a flagship, along with those other underpinning programs and academies. Are you on a swing, young man?
2: He's near a swing. <laughs>
7: no,
2: no, that doesn't sound girls, like so a goat to me. My,
7: my, <laughs> my son has been bullied by two girls. Um, you know, so I just want to report this to the <laughs> son. My poor son. He's just, girls have bullied him off the swings, but he's just sitting there and taking it like a man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's been a gentleman and allowing them yeah, to uh, use no, the he's not.
7: No, He's, he's, he's not happy. No, <laughs>
1: he's not. Okay, uh, so... Um, how about COVID? How did that affect the club? Yeah. And what are some of the measures that the club has had to deal with and, and put in place to make 2021 a good year?
7: Well, um, let's just say last year was very challenging, um, like all of us. I mean, I've, I've, our president is Michael Ionello, um, a young, wonderful young guy. had been on the committee for eight years. He became a life member and then was, was, given, uh, was selected as the, the president of the club. And that was in, I think it was in November. And then, of course, first season with him as president, and we get COVID. Yes. So he, <laughs> talk about a hospital hamper. <laughs> yeah. um, but I tell you what, he did a fantastic job. We, as you, I guess everyone will know, we didn't know if we were going to have any season. Yes. And, you know, like we were really concerned, of course, you know, financially for a club, if you don't have registration, um, you know, we were quite concerned financially about the well-being of the club. Um, um, but it turned out, you know, some things that we did and the season managing to go ahead, we, we're just forever grateful to the parents and the players. For, you know, like, we were concerned we were going to have to pay back all our registration fees, but people were kind enough to allow us to wait until, you know, the decision was made for the season to proceed. Yes. Obviously, a lot of... Um, you know, you had to have all the health procedures, <laughs> hand sanitizers, wearing masks. Yep. But it was a uh, it was quite stressful. But um, we managed to come through it. Our numbers dropped. Yes, James, our numbers dropped by about a hundred from the previous year. So we were. Uh, I think I think it was thirteen hundred and twenty-five last year. Was that number of registered players, which was down about hundred and fifty from the previous year? So we were very blessed if I could put it that way. Um, mm. One of the things we did this year was um, we've had to work a bit harder on the fundraising side, of things, which we've managed to do pretty successfully. And uh, we managed to, as a reward to all the parents that return, we've got a hoodie, a beautiful Mum FC hoodie, and all the returning players um, who came back this year have been given a little gift from the club for their um, you know support 2 our club, through the membership, so nice touch. It's just a little something. Yeah, mm. they're really cool hoodies too. I'm not sure. <laughs> so I'm happy
1: with that. They, they are cool. The girls love them. <laughs> um, and,
7: and Penny, does does everyone know how much of a legend you are in football? Me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Penny.
1: Uh, no.
7: roo. No, no,
1: no, oh. no, no, no. Yeah, no, no, no! You. Keep going down, down. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
7: yep. uh, I'm just throwing you under the bus because you yep. made me come on the show and talk. Yeah, thank you. Okay, so now I'm just going to raise your profile and make sure all the listeners realise the greatness of Penny, who is on the radio right now. Women's
1: legend. And there's uh, red and there's <laughs> Penny's red. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that, Randall. <laughs> yeah, that's good. I've, 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 may, may I say that my one of my greatest achievements playing football, besides playing in the Matildas teams and training with Tom Somani, who's our next guest, by the way, uh, now he's coaching the football ferns, Randall, so, yeah, which is pretty oh, cool. Oh, really? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to have a chat to him, um, is being involved with football for so long. that that's uh, I have just loved yeah. that part and seeing all the changes, seeing th- people that are, who are older than me when I started and what they are doing in football or with their families. And then as I've got older, the younger kids and their journey through football and what they've become coaches and mentors and still playing. And, I mean, I'm, I'm in the older generation now and uh, my daughter is playing football and has been playing at Melville for 10 years or so and she's ready to play senior football, Randall, with me. She wants to play in the women's team with me next How year. How good is that? I know, How it's so cool. <laughs> yeah, so those that, are the kind of things I love about being so it's been involved for so long and I, and I coach and I and love that. I,
7: I mean, do people know that our like our club's like fifty one years old this year?
2: 1969. Um, yep, so yep, yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So
7: it's been going a long time, and I guess uh, I mean my vision, I guess, for the club would be promote a love of the game, but you know, like one day we would like you know uh, you know an Australian player to play for our nation and to have been touched or been you know been exposed to our club or gone professional. So that's the I mean, that's the lofty goal, but also just a love of the game. Okay, you know, so good,
1: I'm going to fill yeah. you in on a few things now. Here all we right? go. So Miranda Templeman, yep. who is now in the future Matildas and has moved from Perth over to the Eastern States, Randall, um, yes. she played for Melville as a, a young player. Had some training from a, uh, an ex-soccero goalkeeper, didn't she? Uh, well, yes. Uh, and... <laughs> Um, she left the club and she's gone for the NTC and the Perth Glory Channels and she's now a young Matildas. So she's oh. definitely something yep, that we can brag one. about. Hi, Miranda, if you're listening yep. in. Um, she comes on our show and uh, talks football with us very regularly, Randall. And Tracy Wheeler. And Tracy Wheeler, so
2: and the Tracy Wheeler of the game. Tracy Wheeler,
1: who is a former Matilda yep. and I've played with her in state teams. And she's now um, mentoring and fostering along our young goalkeepers in the NPL program. So we do have some links in the national program mm-hmm. that we can. Okay, but what you're write. saying?
7: Okay, but what you're saying is there's no men, no boys. So basically, in our club, we failed all the men and the boys.
1: And that's why you set up the
7: academy
2: and the academy players come there.
1: (laughs) I'm uh, thinking. We we want to catch up to the
2: girls. There's a Joey in the making in that academy. I can see it.
1: Yeah. I I know Trent Sainsbury came down to the club on an open day at some point, but I don't think he actually played at the club, and Vince Matassa, former Glory goalkeeper oh, okay. and youth player, yep. uh, his kids are at the club and he's coaching, he's on the committee of the Football Hall of Fame with me. You might have me. to go
2: through some records there, yeah.
1: Vince must have had some sort of link with the club. Yeah, So there you go. Well,
7: I've pl- I played with Vince, all I can say is when you're playing with Vince and he's a goalkeeper, oh. it's, uh, yep. your level of confidence is quite high, <laughs> yep. it's just yep. up in defense, yep. I mean, you can just sort of say, go on. Go go for your best, buddy. Good luck.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. There's some, you know, know, famous legend (laughs) type things that, you know, yeah. And these things should be up on the clubroom walls, Randall, to let more people than just us know about them.
7: Yeah, exactly. Well, um, can you leave that with me?
1: Yes, I'm working on it. I'll have a chat to you afterwards. <laughs> okay. So you,
7: this you know how I love, I love PR promotion? I love a photo with me and these players. Of you know, course. we'll put a big photo of me and
1: <laughs> <laughs> <with my laughs> Yep, yep, okay. Um, in the hoodie. Going,
7: Who the hell's this guy on the left of me? Yeah.
1: <laughs> you have to put a label on the photo. It's okay. We can do that. Okay, so let, just moving back to the, the club itself. So what are some of the things that are working? What's very successful about the club in this year? And what's some of the challenges
7: well, I think what's successful over the last number of years has been our Roo Ball program. That Saturday morning, you know, getting... Having on a Saturday morning um, 450 to 500 kids start learning to play football. I think that's one of our pivotal successes. Um, from my point of view, that's the, like the grassroots. So that's, I love seeing that. Um, certainly our academy program... Um, and that that development for players that want to get better, it's just nice knowing that we've got a program to go through to develop. I think that's another great thing about our club. We are starting to get some wins on sponsorship, um, but, you know, the best thing about our club is the people that volunteer and give their time up, yep. you know. That, this is a volunteer organization. People like you, Penny, you know, who contributed to the club, volunteered, coached, like, That that is the bread and butter of our club. As far as challenges right now, I think our you know everyone every club has the challenges of facilities. Um, So we've um, you know the grounds get run down, the grass gets run down. You need new lighting. So we've got a from a facility point of view, we are lucky um, at our club to have three grounds that we can use. But you know just managing those facilities is a challenge, and I think getting more girls. To stay with football, to start with football, and to stick with football, mm-hmm. um, pretty—I I find it disappointing. Of course, when girls at a certain age group sometimes decide to stop. Yeah. So it's like, how can we change that situation? That's what I—that's one of my biggest things in getting more women playing football. I think.
1: Do you have so, any solutions when you think about that?
7: Um, I think we've got to get into the schools. That's probably one thing. I mean, we're dropping our flyers into local primary schools, so trying to create some access there. Um Obviously, I think what you just said, Penny, about the success stories. Yeah, like let let's get that news because I think everything that comes to life seems to have to have a you know a goal and a vision or see something as possible. And you know, for for the girls to get a bit of. A, to get a, a dream one day to play full football at that level, if we can install that, that's going to hopefully capture them and keep them driving along. We've also got a few. We're, we're lucky this year to get a signed Sam Kerr football, so we're going to be um, giving that out to a random. We're going to like go through all the women's registrations or the girls' registrations, and we've got that little prize that's going to be a gift. You know, to try and you know reward the girls that have joined us.
1: Yeah. Good. Okay. And what's on the horizon for Mum F C? What's the does a club have like an ambition or a strategic plan it's working towards as this is what this is a vision we'd like our club to look like in nth year?
7: Well there there is the goal um, at the state league to um, to get into the end the Premier League, so we, we've got our women at the highest level. Mm-hmm. We'd like our men to be at the highest level too. So that's, I guess, one ambition we've got. Um, Penny, you'll probably know this, but one of the greatest challenges we face is also losing our young talent. Mm. So uh, once it gets to a certain level, um, pay a flavour to come into it. Um, and because of our excellent junior program, we haven't found a solution but we lose a lot of our fantastic young talented players to other clubs and they get to a certain level um, we don't have a solution for that I mean I, my personal view is well we've developed and grown the players and that's, that's our role but we would love those players to stick around we love those parents so let's show some loyalty to the club that helped us become these players and let's stay stay with the club I think that's Common across most uh, clubs in um, WA.
2: Yeah, that, that, that's a great uh, philosophy there. I've um, uh, just had a look on the the, the Mum uh, FC website, and I've noticed you've got there the the club has a firm policy of player before team, and that I uh, mean, trying to place players in the best team for their ability, while also trying to place them with friends where possible. I mean, that's an excellent thing for any club to to aspire to. So, how how does that work? In, in theory I mean the theory's there How does it work in practice
7: It's <laughs> a nightmare
2: It's a, <laughs> it's a nightmare. nightmare That's why I, was, I, I brought that up there
6: cool,
2: I mean you threw cool Penny of the bus So I thought Well while well, we've got the bus going We might as well uh, <laughs> see how many we can hit with it We got to, uh, Tom okay, Golan so, last time <laughs> so
7: you, you get 500 players register for, You know On the Saturday morning And then you get 35, 40 emails Saying Johnny wants to play with Jimmy And yep. you know um, So it's really tricky um, at a, at a grading level, it's based on performance. Mm-hmm. That's, it's a, unfortunately, every year a new, a new team is, you know, a new squad is formed and the teams are formed out of those squads. So we can't, at the competitive level, you know, try and keep players together, but certainly, um, you know, at the, you know, at the social level, the junior level, we try and keep. Kids in the same teams if we can, but you probably understand that.
2: Yeah, so we're not um, we're not trying to build a, a super team in one particular division by lumping the superstars no. of an age group into the A team, and then the BC teams are regularly getting so. This smacked. is
1: this is my thought about yeah. that. Is that because the club is so big? This is one of the things yeah. I do like about Melville. Is that you can provide all those opportunities. So uh, potentially, and I know that. You talked about uh, female player retention, and we, we have to work on that. Oh, it's not just our doubt. club. It's oh, just yeah. you know, other clubs as well. But potentially, if you look at the um, environment for boys' football or, or mixed, kid, then kid. they have Ella. teams at <laughs> party. They have teams at all levels. So yes. they'll provide first division. Um, uh, in the 14s, there'll be first division, second division, third division. So if the players are graded to be in the first division, that's fine. Then they can be in the second division or the third division if they're social players. So in girls or women's football then you want those kind of uh, opportunities so that there's not just a filter of one pathway yeah. and it's an elite one. You want to be able to provide mateship and a social environment, yep. In but you can't always fill it. And no. that's, that's where women's and girls' football is No, no
2: that, that's why I, I asked the question. It wasn't uh, you know, loaded in any, any particular uh, fashion against Mummy FC, but I, there are certain clubs out there that will deliberately stack their A-team to win,
1: or or, or and this is not a uh, this, this is not a good or a bad thing. There are clubs that attract players oh, for the yeah. development of and Northern Redbacks are a fantastic yeah. oh, example. They? Yeah. they they want ambitious young players to be yes. a part of their setup. They'll provide all of the opportunities, and they'll attract. What are you doing, <laughs> Randall?
7: Sorry, I'm just running past. Ah. Just, uh, trying to grab the kids to get them to go to the bloody party room. So sorry about that. Randall, but,
1: yeah. h- how about if we let you go <laughs> yeah, to the good party Good on room you, mate. And thank <laughs> you. Oh, no, no, you we, we can do this for the next hour and a half.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no we, we, we want to punish you even more. You can get back to that <laughs> birthday party.
1: And, and by the way, Dave, <laughs> <Just> Dave, <laughs> Dave Kindness texts in and said uh, another player from Melville is um, Vlad Beretovac. I don't, don't know if I said his name correct, but that's that's right, from Perth Glory, right. who played in the same team as Vince. Vince Matassa. So oh, there wow. You go. hey, good on you, okay. Dave. Well done. Okay, well, um, We're going to let you go to, to the goats yeah, and sheep. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> good on you.
4: <laughs> Make sure you get okay, that guys. cake.
1: Well, have a great day. Thanks for having thanks, me. Thanks, Randy. See you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs> that was Randall Stout, who's the Vice President of M- Melville Murdoch University. A multitasker,
2: if I've ever heard one.
1: God, good one, Randall. <laughs> That's, yeah, good discussion. Thanks for helping us with, um, you know, where the club's at and its flagships, what's working, what isn't. I appreciate that. And uh, Dave, thanks for your input there. Of course, Dave is a, a life member of Dave Kindness, yep. a life member of uh, Melville. City Football Club, and uh, going forward with Mum FC, helping out with the NPL program as well.
2: Yep, Coming and that Ruble that uh, Randall was talking about, that's from ages five to, to nine, so yep. uh, that's small-sided uh, on, the, on the Saturday morning. Massive stage. part of the oh, club. huge.
1: And there are other clubs out there that do the same thing. East Randall, for example, yep. do the same thing, and every now and again, uh, teams on the Saturday morning in the Ruble play each other, so there'll be games at Warhawk Park, or there'll be games at Melville. So the the two clubs have had that, like, synchronicity over time, which is fantastic. Not all clubs have an in-house program like that. No. Personally, I think it's fantastic for the parents where once in a week Everyone goes to the same place. They don't have to travel. Yep. There's lots of sausage sizzle uh, activity happening. Yes. And there's usually a coffee van around somewhere or coffee's been sold so the parents can have a chat. Uh, not as bad but, as
2: the one that Randall had. Yeah,
1: uh, Yep, apparently. <laughs> but it it's a hub. It is a connector too. So all the parents are in at the same place. The club and committee and volunteers are around. The players all get to chat and be sociable with each other. So I th- personally, I think that's a fantastic start yep. for a football
2: Yep, life. I volunteered when uh, Alexander, my son, was... Uh, was starting his football journey, Roo Ball at uh, at Belga. So they have a a program there as well. Fantastic. Fantastic. It really was.
1: Yep. And, yep. of course,
2: it was like, oh, Hughie, you know a bit about soccer. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Oh, you can be coach. Yeah, that's ah, it. Ah, thank you for Stand volunteering me.
1: It's <laughs> That's the way it goes. And, look, everybody needs a, a volunteer. We need managers. We need coaches. Yep. So, you know, if you're a little bit uh, cautious and reserved about doing that, you don't have to know everything. Nope. It's, it's a starting place. And, you know, I know that in some places in the world they've put their very best coaches and money into that lower level Mm -hmm. to give the best coaching opportunity and skill development from that young age, but we might be talking about professional football and academies and clubs here we're very much a grassroots nation of football so at the bottom end of football or the lower grassroots it's about the volunteers yes, putting their is. time in that's yep. that's how our model here in yep. australia works
2: and almost every club I'll, I'll, i can't say every club because i don't know that for, for definite but there's support systems in place put your hand up they'll help you and they want you to su- succeed as much as you want your your son or daughter yep. to succeed as well
1: and there are things you can learn from good and bad coaches oh, by the way yeah yep and um you know some of those things are patience yep perseverance yep. and resilience yep and their their life Respect. skills yeah absolutely <laughs> Oof, that's a good one excellent uh we are going to move on and have a chat to tom samani very shortly who is the football ferns coach this is penn and hugh on the world football program stay with us we'll be back soon
3: Radio
4: Fremantle, 107.9 FM. Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor.
5: West Coast Futsal accommodates for players of all skill levels and ages. With four great locations around Perth, we have a time and a venue to suit anyone's busy week. From social men's, women's or mixed games to A-grade competition, we've got you covered. Games are played night and day, indoor and outdoor, all year round. So grab five mates and come down for a game today.
8: We are one, but we are many. to me is someone that you look up to that can kind of save the day no matter what's happening. I know when I was a kid I didn't have many female role models. Having young girls grow up and be able to have role models is what I'm most passionate about. I had so many people tell me that I would never make a living off sport. I'm here now doing it. I guess it sounds cliche but believe in yourself. It's not always going to be a smooth sailing ride and there's going to be many ups and downs but People know the real me and know who I am and that's really important to me. When I'm home and playing in the W League, I cherish those times. I get to play every weekend in front of my friends and family and kind of give back to them for all the support they've given me. The most amazing thing for me is captaining Perth Glory. Every time I get to walk out on the field wearing the captain's armband, leading out the players that I grew up with is amazing.
1: Yes, that was Sam but That was a few years ago that she played for Perth Glory. She's moved on to dominate America, then now she's dominating England. Something
2: huge. So if uh, you've got the time, 3 a.m. Monday morning, it's going to be Chelsea versus Barcelona in the UEFA Women's Champions League. That'll be live from Gothenburg. Sam Kerr for a hat-trick. Yeah. I mean, who's Barcelona? I've never seen them do anything. They're, they're rubbish, aren't they? I
1: mean... What... In what, what, uh, well, fact, yeah. actually, <laughs> let me think about that. There was uh, Chidiak. Did Chidiak play for Barcelona, who is on the fringes of the Matildas squad, yeah. maybe? Uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. So, anyway, we'll hear, we'll hear more about that. Tom Samani. good morning, good afternoon, your time. Thank you for joining us.
10: Yeah, it's always a pleasure. Nice to chat.
1: We are talking about the UEFA Champions League, and we're totally excited about this one because we've got a homegrown talent playing in the squad, as in Sam Kerr, Fremantle area. Our studio is in the Fremantle area, so we feel a great affiliation. So, if you can get up at three a.m. our time, I think it's about four thirty or something Eastern States time.
2: We're not talking Eastern States time. We're talking our time, real time, the That's only right, time, real right? Time. Yeah.
1: Do you have any New yeah. Zealand players playing in either of those teams, Tom?
10: Uh, unfortunately, not. Have we been nice to have a couple. <laughs> yeah. Okay,
1: uh, so we will just keep but, uh, bragging about no. Sam Kerr being in it. Yeah,
10: he just, yeah, yeah. Yep. We can just good yep. for the Aussies. Yeah, yeah
1: <laughs> absolutely. So, so here's my big four for today, right? So mm-hmm. during the week, Tom, we had um, Sam Kerr win the Golden Boot, the title, and the UFA Champions League. What a star uh, local player, Lisa Devana. Um, has signed with the Apia Leichhardt in the NPL and um, was identified in the talent camp for the Football Australia. So potentially, potentially, potentially could be considered for the Olympics. Go, Lisa. Okay. Uh, Nicola Williams Mm -hmm. and um, Carolina Maracci, uh, who are coaching at Lazio, they've been promoted from the Serie B to the Serie A. This is the uh, FEM. So we're talking about the Italian women's League um, and Nicola Williams was a Northern Redbacks player, she was Perth Glory coach she coached with the national teams yes, as well yep. yep, and then over the last 24 hours um, we've had a new uh, president of FFV so Football Federation Victoria in Antonella Care, I think that's how you pronounce her surname <laughs> and I think she might be the first female president of, of the, the FFV yep. and, and I'm just trying to think of Tom, any other female presidents of any other uh, soccer or football associations, and I can't think of any in... Uh,
10: Canberra, ACT.
1: Oh, Heather Reid. Yes. Of course, yes. No, no,
10: well, not Heather's gone. Um, yes. It's not Heather. No, Heather's gone from ACT, but it yeah, was.
1: yeah, any time in the last 10 years or so. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd no, be... There's,
10: there's a new there's a new female president there.
1: Oh, really? okay. There you go. Yeah. Thank you. And her
2: name is?
10: I knew you were going to ask me that. do ah. <laughs> so, so, My head. So, Hugh will do
2: some Sorry, Tom. The uh, the theme <laughs> of today's show is uh, there's a bus running and we're going to throw you under it. <laughs> yeah,
6: that's
10: it. You've already done
2: it very well. <laughs> <Okay. so>. Welcome <laughs> to the show. Yeah. <laughs> well, i uh, Yeah. So,
1: so, so, but, yeah. th- so all of those. Uh, little snippets of information were fantastic for this week and of course um, Nicola, Lisa and Sam are all uh, local girls to uh, here in, in Perth in, well Nicola's not the Fremantle area I'm not sure what area she comes from but Sam and Lisa are definitely from the local Fremantle area so we're just going to brag about that because we can um, You've
10: done another quick job so far. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you.
1: Yeah, I'm very happy with that. So whereabouts are your uh, New Zealand's national players in the lead up to the Olympics, Tom.
10: Everywhere. Good. Everywhere. Yep. So the the ones that were in the W League are now um, back in back in New Zealand. Um, the uh, we've got what player what the players in Iceland, Norway, yep. Germany, uh, USA, UK, USA at the moment. Yeah, everywhere.
1: The American League has been very very quiet. Um, yeah. Has it has it been operating like a, I know that they had a very yeah. shortened competition at some point yeah. because of COVID affecting them.
6: Yeah,
10: but they just... The the league proper starts uh, this this weekend coming up.
6: Okay.
10: Um, uh, they had a little pre-season sort of competition to sort of two groups of five and they played each other once and then the two winners of each group played each other. So a little sort of shortened version and then uh, things start. When it starts, they're actually kind of... Condensing quite a few games, but I think it's it's generally been quite quiet because um, you know the well they I mean things are happening over there, but they've obviously lost a lot of international players. Uh, you know, a lot of the US players have been playing in Europe, and they're just kind of getting back into the league. So, so it's about to kick off, and there should be a bit more publicity about it after this weekend.
1: Well, England is kind of the new US league, isn't it? Really, I mean, yeah, all yep. of the players went there. Which is interesting because all I can say is it must have been about the money because the UK went through a very similar uh, problem in the COVID in that they were very much affected by COVID, just like the US have been affected by COVID, but players have just gone to England to ply their trade, and not just England, but around Europe. So America's been very quiet that I can see on any front of player movements and news and whatever.
10: Yeah, uh, as I say... Because it doesn't have, you know, it's lost a lot of the profile players, and 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 the vast majority of either the US players or the the international players that were there have gone into the, the English league. Because as players do in at any level, and as they should do, they, they kind of follow the money. And at the moment, with the big clubs in England investing significant money in the in the competition, you know, the, the players have been sort of drawn to go in there.
1: Absolutely, and uh, I think, Hugh, you were mentioning before about the broadcasting rights in, was it for the women's? For the WSL, yeah, yeah. That,
2: uh, that that's likely to be on uh, Sky Sports uh, yep. in the very near future, which is going to be sensational okay. for the uh, promotion of that. Uh, Access
1: worldwide. Well,
2: yeah, let's yeah. hope so. Yep. That, that's yeah, that's good. No, no,
1: it's good. I mean, it,
2: it's really
10: interesting, though, because it actually still, I mean, I know COVID has impacted it, but it, it still doesn't get, um, like the support, no. you know, as in crowds, people in the stands. It's not, it's not huge, so uh, it's interesting. So hopefully, with the TV deal and, and again, it continuing to gain momentum, that the crowds will actually start to get better.
1: Yes, uh, and I'm not quite sure where they're at in the UK in terms of allowing crowds into stadiums. But I was watching uh, men, sorry, uh, Chelsea, and I can't remember who it was. Might have been Chelsea and Arsenal play, and there was, I don't think there was anyone in the stadium, but they.
10: No, that's not yeah. that's not at the moment no Sorry. but but even you know even at the times when you know pre covid and things that um or yeah. when there wasn't restrictions still you know I think it's an area that hopefully will' get will actually do a bit better than as a as a game. Moves
2: forward. Yeah, I think Sky Sports's thought process, particularly with COVID, that a lot of, uh, using the UK as, as an example, a lot of the uh, core fans have have realised just how uh, money grabbing the the bigger leagues are, and are gravitating more towards their their local or or more accessible clubs, which again makes the the WSL and the and the national league clubs um, a more palatable. Choice.
1: Well, it's a shift, isn't yep. it? And, and we were talking about this last night, Hugh. Is that the model of football has to mm, change yeah. because you can't get people to the same places, and they're not moving, and and uh, be, being able to access the same places they were before. So you can't get bums on seats like you could before. And who knows how long before it's all going to be hundred percent normal to be able to do that, which is you know, potentially uh, an income stream. If you get bums on seats, you get memberships. Then that's the income stream for a club. Um, but if it's going to be about live streaming and broadcasting, then that's a new model that people have got to adopt. Then they get a, uh, you know, live streaming partner, then they've got to develop all the networks. They've got to promote that. So in, in a way you still get, you know, um, uh, you know, money in the game. It's just yeah. in a different way. Mm-hmm. You've got to adapt, yeah. don't you, Tom? I mean, you've got to like accommodate, this is where we're at and you know, how do we move forward with it? It's persisting.
4: Yeah. No, so that, no. So, Tom, can we
2: um, can we move on to the the silver ferns? I've just had a look. That it it appears you don't have any build up games before the Olympics. Is is that the case?
10: (laughs) That is the case. So, I mean, it's impossible for us to get the squad together, right? And and there's probably be about six there'll be about six players, if not more, in our squad that we won't actually see until we get to Tokyo. Wow! And some of those players we won't actually get until probably about the thirteenth of July. About nine days before uh, the game start, um, And then we have what we have. We're looking at getting a couple of games organized in in Tokyo. Yep. So the, the bulk of the squad will probably head over about the 5th of July. And then we're looking at getting a couple of games, you know, around about the 10th to, and the 14th. And then it'll be straight into the the, the tournament. So, you know, we're, we're just, I mean, Australia generally would be in the same situation, except that they've got a lot more, you know they've got virtually the whole squad in Europe, so that was uh, that allowed them to get together. But if that wasn't the case, then you know they would be the same as New Zealand, but just simply cannot get all of players together.
1: So, <laughs> what, what do you t- tell us? What you do about that? Do so you keep in contact by video links? Do you have ah, nutrition we, seminars together, or do you you say like okay, well, six of you we don't, over we,
10: there? We don't, we don't do a lot. Basically, basically I mean, we, we can do that. The, the challenge we have with with, with doing those things is that we um, we've got players playing in virtually every time zone in the world. Mm. So to actually get mm. them together <laughs> as in a Zoom
6: yeah. as
10: a group is all, is almost impossible. Yeah. For somebody it's midnight, for somebody else they're training, for somebody else you know it's the early morning, etc. So it's it's really quite challenging. What we do is what we, we essentially do is we. we we keep in touch with them, mainly on an individual basis. We've got the sports science support here, we've got uh, the, um, you know, uh, video analysis support, and, and any other kind of support that they might need. Uh, our team psychologist, you know, speaks to little groups or individuals, you know, and that kind of thing. But in, in relation to sort of performance and play, you really don't have any control over that, because they're at, they're at their clubs, and um, the clubs dictate what they do. Yes. So, yeah.
2: So, so Tom, do you have any uh, other players who have um, travel concerns with uh, with the COVID? I noticed that mm-hmm. uh, Anna Leet and uh, and Daisy uh, are both uh, college players. W- would they have any issues about being able to get to Tokyo and and returning back to America?
10: I, I doubt it. No, no, not really. So, Anna Leete has actually finished off in her college. So oh, she's, did she? Great. Uh, looking at, he's looking to thinking of, of of going pro. Daisy, I think this was actually Daisy's last year. Oh okay memory century, right so they, that that's not an issue but no i don't i don't think anybody's got those kind of issues um i think um you know the players will, will want to go to tokyo and then just see what happens after that uh, i think the biggest challenge is is not so one much ones going back into europe or going back to america the biggest challenge are the ones coming back to new zealand because oh, yes. everybody still has to do 2 weeks quarantine
2: well, so. <laughs> i bet they're looking forward to that <laughs>
10: Yeah, that's a, I've be jumping out of the skin by that one. Um and, and and actually, you know, one of the other challenges for the New Zealand Olympic Committee is is actually getting athletes back once they're finished. So like a normal Olympic Games, um, the athletes can stay to the end of the Games. Yes, When they when they finished the when they finished their, their particular event. But in this Olympics because of COVID, um, as soon as you finish your event, then you're you're basically being kicked yeah, out, out of the Olympics. Yeah, one and yeah. done, yeah, yeah, one and done. But then, it's, you know, it's not like there's a, a flight every day back to New Zealand, <laughs> right? So, so the New Zealand Olympic Committee, are, I think, are actually going to be hiring their own hotel, and then as athletes or teams get put out, of the Olympics are going to stay there until they get enough numbers, and then ship everybody back to New Zealand. So wow. it's kind of been a it's been a challenging process.
1: Are you there, Tom? Ah, Tom. Ah, we lost Tom. Oh, it's,
2: somebody jinxed it, saying, "Look how easy this is going." Yeah, so um, we'll just have a look at that with uh, with some of the players, particularly with the Silver Ferns. I mean, like Tom was saying, there's players from all around the world, and with um, you know some of their their, their keepers. I mean, um, <coughs> Erin Naylor. I mean, she plays for Bristol City, uh, and as I said, uh, Anna Leet, who was with the Georgetown Hoyers. So I mean, there's players for that that nation. Just everywhere, where where Australia, particularly the Matildas, are, I mean, as Tom was saying, we we're lucky enough that we have, and it, you can, you know, voice the merits of, of how it went. You've got a basically two squads, one based in Australia, and another one uh, European. So with. With Tom, I mean the, the headache he must have. Like he said, he, he can't even get a Zoom meeting to to get these players together at the one time yeah. because of they're all over the place. Norway, America, Germany. I mean, I'm just running through it. There's,
1: um, I think one Sweden. Thing that, one thing that does do though is that instead of having a group of players that are your mainstay, who the coach will keep in contact yep. with, and you have your camps and your identifiers and whatever, it it widens the field. It means that. If the coach is not going to be where the players are or a large group of the players can be together, do they then keep an eye on everything? So wherever the coach is, like Tom lives here in Australia. Yep, Canberra. And, yep. yep, and he has he's the coach of the New Zealand team. He's not in New Zealand and his players are playing all over the world. Yeah. So then he might be able to watch some local players here who who might not have been on his radar. And the same with um, the Matildas coach. So he, he's here... Is he here now? I can't remember if he's here now. Um, And we've got our players all around Europe, mainly, some in America in the college system, and a a lot of players out of the W League who, well, not a lot, but some have gone into the NPL. Mm -hmm. Like Lisa Devana is with Apia Leichhardt, et cetera. So then you can then have identifier camps like we've had here where we can... Say well, okay. There's possible players here playing in a very safe environment. They're playing in a a different environment. We can look at them or have a different group of the coaching uh, assistants and whatever looking at them. And that, to me, it's widening the net. So that could be a positive thing. Oh, without doubt. So not until the last minute do you book your ticket. Yeah, and like Tom was saying, that that,
2: uh, (laughs) the, the battle in front of him is just amazing. You know, not to have players in his selected squad in front of him to actually see whether they a fit and b will fit his system uh, until nine days before the first game I mean and of course we know that the first game is on the 21st of July COVID permitting that'll be a, a, against Australia and um, at the Tokyo Stadium so I mean that's basically one of the the, the showpiece games I, I believe anyway but I mean I don't know whether the rest of the world thinks that but they've also got uh, the US and Sweden in, in, in that group with us so yeah. I mean,
1: uh, it's a pretty of, decent group. Like one, one of the people Zealand, tells me, Sweden there's US. no
2: such thing as a group of death. It's a group <laughs> of opportunity, and I think the opportunity for any of those sides to get out is going to be huge. And you know, particularly with um, with the the silver ferns. I mean, this is their third Olympics, well, fourth Olympics, and uh, you know, the best they've done is the quarterfinals. That was in um, uh, 2012, the London Olympics. So, you know, they've had recent success, and obviously, Tom is not there to to make up the numbers. He's there to to, to put his foot firmly into that uh, into that group can, and and give a good kick.
1: Can you imagine how hard it would be for a national team coach to not get your players <sighs> together until a couple of weeks before a tournament? And this is probably the yeah. Socceroos. Socceroos yeah. have been in this place for yeah. a long time. Yeah. So. A couple of weeks before the tournament, you go into your little hub, wherever it is. You've got the players together. Some of them might not have met each other before. Let's hope they have. But (laughs) some some of them might not have. So they've got to have lots of bonding activities. They've got to start eating together, training together. They've got to do everything together so they get to know each other. Yep. Train many hours in the day. Make sure their nutrition's right. And then everything they do in the lead up, it's got to be about racing towards getting match ready
2: for an international tournament yeah no I, well, again I'm, I'm just having a look at some of the um, some of the players in, in that uh, Silver Fern squad and as I said Anna who uh, an elite the goalkeeper I mean she's only 19 so the chances of her meeting some of those other more senior uh, members of the team like um, Rhea Percival I mean she's played 148 games and is 34 so the chances of those two playing in the same team ever are pretty slim yep um, mm-hmm. You know, and th- with COVID, we know that they've not played any games in 2020. They've not played any games in 2021. My goodness, how tough is that? I mean, we were, you know, I was we slightly critical about the performance that the Matilda's put in in their two friendlies, but at least have had that opportunity as a squad to, to meet, greet and play together against two of the, the, the higher rated teams in the world
1: yep and uh just while we're talking about the olympics the men have their olympics uh, so that they are qualified to play in the olympics as well as so yes. the women their group is egypt argentina spain and australia yeah and I think, easy as uh june three is their next uh no no hang on that's the world cup qualifier i'm getting yep. my dates mixed up i can't remember when the date for their first prep matches for that But um, Gary Van Egmon is taking it Because Arnie is going to be with the World Cup qualifiers yeah. So there's a bit of a crossover of things there
2: and we've, we've seen that in, in a few other sports Where Full calendar. You know, you've got a team playing in a particular part of the world And then the same team, <laughs> supposedly on paper Playing a, a, a different uh, opponent in a different part of the world
1: it's very interesting. There'll it, be there'll be a lot of um, a good football coming up when oh the yeah. Olympics. Uh, you know, I'm excited about the Olympics happening because it's actually happening. Yes, like it's an international tournament, and it is happening. So, uh, if I was, you know, th- the teams and players, I, I I would be a bit cautious too. But as a fan of football, yep. it's great to see an international. Oh, no, tournament it's interesting
2: happening. that Tom uh, uh, believes that there's no player that's been selected for the uh, for the Silver Ferns that has that uh, concern. They've been picked. They want to play, and I suppose there's no no greater honour than representing your country at the Olympics. They're
1: in a very professional football environment mm. where everyone's taking the best of care yeah. of them. I, I get that. Um, I did have to mention, too, that uh, former news presenter from Channel 9, yeah. Russell Goodrick, yes. passed away yes. uh, early. We were actually just talking about them at our Hall of Fame meeting on Monday mm. night, and um, the news came through um, at, at that point. So our condolences to the entire family. Yes. He's a former um, Soccer West Coast president. Mm-hmm. He's been on the Football West board when it uh, inaugurated back in 2004 or five, and he's been a great supporter of football. So um, our condolences and sadness in his passing.
2: A Logie winner. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he, he's done it all. Uh, yeah. yeah. Our, our, our thoughts and prayers are with, uh, with the family and friends.
1: Absolutely. We're going to go to a break and come back and chat more football, of course. We're going to go into the junior football area. This is Penn and Hugh, and we are on the World Football Program, Radio Fremantle. Stay with us. 9.9
5: FM,
3: your local station. Auto-state. been 46 years since football in Australia. Last had a truly nationwide knockout cup competition and now it's back for the first time since 1968. We are about to witness the magic of the cup. And an historic night for the game in Australia is underway. It's Tettit. it 1-2. It's got tested. Sydney Olympic now
2: back on level terms in the New South Wales derby. Sydney Olympic won, Manly
5: United one. Oh, and if this is
4: kept saved, magnificently by Chris Bowling.
5: Yeah. To keep the minute, keep
3: South Carter in the FFA Cup. <laughs> That's it. South Springvale are through. The fairy tale story is still alive.
2: Number 25, Adelaide City, another great club. Number 4, the Western Sydney Wanderers. Here's a
1: chance. Oh, what a finish! What a finish! It's been a very entertaining game. Look at these players and there it is.
9: It is all
3: Playing football, is it discovering your passion? Or is it having fun with your mates? Is it celebrating greatness, representing your country, or is it the perfect play? Find out
4: what playing football means to you. Register to play at myfootballclub.com.au Uh, Good to catch
3: up with you. Let's start about this ongoing, well, you have to say dispute now, PFA and uh, several uh, leading A-League clubs with news now that Adelaide uh, reportedly a fourth club to stand out its entire football department as of today. That's very true, Jimmy. We understand that our colleagues in the Adelaide Advertiser have broken the story this morning, suggesting that all their football operations department have now been stood down for the foreseeable future. That joins the Central Coast Mariners, who did that yesterday. Perth Glory were obviously the starters of this ongoing six, this, this plan, really, that they've all come up with a few of the A-League clubs. Brisbane Roy is another that have been rumoured to have done so as well. And realistically, you can see more clubs doing it. The PFA have got a lot of work on their hands now. John Didelitz has been kind enough to join us on Fox Sports News. The, the PFA...
1: Do you think we've moved along from all of the stuff that happened in the past couple of years, uh, Hugh, in regard to um, this separation of uh, A-League clubs and the FA, the transition from FFA to FA, um, there's the <laughs> AAFC trying to you know, get second. Have we have we made progress on all those things, Hugh?
2: I'm going to say no. Oh, come on. Because exactly as you've just said there, I mean... We're still talking about it? We, we, we don't even know, yeah, is it... We've got the FFA Cup, but it's the FA running the organisation. I mean, come on now. I mean, it's as cloudy as... Well, oh, an IPA.
1: Okay. We're going to move on. <laughs> Damn it! You know, one day I'm going to play an audio. Yep. That'll be such great news for football across this country. It'll be all this fantastic thing. That's. Ha- it won't be about Lisa Devana and Sam Kerr uh, and Nicola Williams. It'll be about wow! Look what football Australia has done this week, and look what's going to happen. Why, clear, are you, a, why are you scowling? A at clear me? vision for football. Okay. Anyway. Oh, dreaming. Moving on. We're going to talk to a junior footballer <laughs> now, uh, and we we're going to welcome. Rosemary Hoth. Hi, Rose. How are you going?
2: Morning, Rosie. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Hello.
1: <laughs> we, we thought we've talked about some pretty serious stuff um, yep. over the last couple of weeks and today. So we thought we'd talk junior football. Give us a little bit of profile about you and your football and what you enjoy out
8: of it.
11: Uh, well, I'm in the girls' sixteen um, Division 1 for MFC, which is um, Melbourne University. Yep novel and we've been tough this year it's been a tough game so we're changing divisions division two if we can't hopefully get some better scores out of our games. yep right.
1: that, that was ba- that was very diplomatic yeah. and tough yep. yeah tough is okay though tough in life can be you know good for learning some lessons
2: development league you're developing life skills
1: yes exactly so, tell us a little bit about um, yourself. How long have you been involved with football, and um, have you done any travelling with football? Involved involved with any tournaments?
2: Are you a striker, goalkeeper, like uh, somebody else in the family?
1: No, that wouldn't be me. Uh, yeah.
11: Well, um, I like I play right mid if I can. Yep. Um, I am good at goals, but I prefer to play out in the park. Right. Uh, especially after I broke my finger playing goals
10: last year. Ah. Uh-huh. Had
11: it. Had a bit of a break from that.
10: Um, I've been
11: playing soccer for about (laughs) ten years now. Uh, Ten years is pretty decent, Rose. I around
1: five. Pardon? Ten ten years is pretty decent for any footballer to be playing.
11: Yeah, I started uh, at the same club I'm at now and have been at the same club all along the way. Yep. Um, i pretty much had the same coach as well, which is you. (laughs) So...
1: (laughs) (laughs) So that Actually, we should give uh, some kudos to um, Greg, who was your Mini Roos coach way back when we were talking to uh, Randall Stout from Mm -hmm. Mum FC earlier and he was saying that a big part of the club is, by numbers, is the Mini Roos program on Saturday mornings, Mm -hmm. which you were involved with. So all the coaches that are joining there, which are all parents. And um, volunteers. Yep. They do a great job of fostering their kids and other kids along to have fun, Rose. That's what it's about at that age. In fact... Is it still about fun for you, Rose?
11: Personally, playing, playing the game is fun for me. I love playing the game. I don't care if we lose 10-0 or win 10-0, which might never happen. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't personally care what the score is because playing the game is fun. Unless it's like a really hot day, then it's not as fun. But no, playing soccer is enjoyable.
2: That's nice to hear. So, the broken finger, is that your worst ever injury or do, have you broken a toe? Uh,
11: it's my worst injury for soccer. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've broken my arm previous times but <laughs> yeah. out of soccer, but um, I broke my finger when it got hit by the ball through the glove last year. Yep. It was just before we had the Bunbury Carnival.
1: Oh, no. as well. Yep. So, I
11: had to take a bit of a break from that.
1: In the in the same year that our usual goalkeeper broke her finger as oh, well, no. so that was yeah, yeah that was not not a good year for <sighs> goalkeeping stocks. But it was good that, that we had cannot. backup. Yes. Mm. So uh, Rose, I have a question for you. Retention of girls in football is a really big issue, not just at our club or for our sport. It's right across all sports, and that is why do girls not play football when they get into the teenage years, like the end of high school kind of years. Do you have any thoughts on that? Okay, is that a bu- that was a That was a bus question, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea what you're about. <laughs> ah. so, so what we're talking about is that g- girls might play football for a long time and then they get to the adolescent years, like uh, 13, 14, 15, when they get into high school and a lot of other things happen, like jobs and things like that. And then they choose maybe to not play sport or not play soccer. And it's a big what we call a churn rate or a loss rate where where they decide not to play football. I'm not sure it happens as much with boys, but it's definitely a thing with females. Mm. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts on that, Rose? Well, their personal
11: choice can change and the fact that soccer um, is a big thing because we have to do it three times a week, um, especially twice during the school week, Monday to Friday. Yep. So... If you've just transitioned from <coughs> from primary school to high school, then when you're playing soccer and trying to keep up with all the homework, it's a tough thing to manage. Yeah,
2: yep, definitely. Do you play for your school team as well, Rose? Our
11: school doesn't
2: have a team, sadly. Oh, okay. Because mm. I was thought that might be part of the the the, the burnout rate as well. That um, you know, if you're playing, like you say, you're training two nights a week, you're playing at least one day, and then you have the school program as well, which will have another couple of days of training and another day of playing, you know, you end up playing almost every day A lot of the week. Of football. Yeah.
1: In fact, there are some girls in Rose's team that do do that. Wow. They're part of soccer programs. It might be John Curtin. It might be the Safety Bay okay. program. And so they do have football during the day or after school competitions. And... It, you know, as a as a coach I feel that you should always be flexible for that. Mm. If a player is tired they can't perform at their best, oh, they can't yeah. make mentally focused decisions and they might get injured. <laughs> exactly. And if they're playing football, that's what a coach wants, right? Yep. Uh, um I, I feel that if a player came to training once and was focused and was a you know, added value to the team, then they'll get matchday um time, of course. Um I think every, everybody in, our, in your 16s girls team is pretty good like that, aren't they, Rose? They don't all get to training, but they have a, you know, other things that they need to do. And talking about the retention thing, um, if they do have work and study, then as a coach, you can understand that that's a valuable reason not to come to training. Mm-hmm. You reckon, Rose? Yes, yeah,
11: um, especially um, I know that all the girls love to go to training and whenever they can, they do try. But it's also great that um, we nearly have a full team every week because everyone's made the time to be there.
1: Yes, absolutely. And what kind of um, opportunities has football brought to you over your 10 years of being involved?
11: Um, well, because you play soccer, I've been able to travel with you overseas to master's competitions. So going to um, Europe and the Gold Coast a few years back was was one of the experiences I had.
2: That's pretty cool. Was
11: it a good experience? It was a great experience getting to see all the different countries across the world.
2: What countries in Europe did you go to?
11: I went to Italy, France
2: and Switzerland. Wow. Yeah. Sprechen Sie Deutsch?
11: I don't know any of that. (laughs) (laughs) Mm,
1: What a shocker.
2: (laughs) Good thing they speak English then. (laughs) Mm,
1: Yeah. So, uh, what about knowledge about football now yeah. so you, you've grown in 10 years you've grown from a small thing to you know a very capable player that's ready to almost play you know adult women's football um, how do you feel about your journey and what you've learnt along the way
11: well when I first started playing it was row which is now called mini
1: mm-hmm.
11: and the rules uh, back then were very different like it was I think it was six aside because they have like really small pitches
2: that's right yep small and, sided yep. and
11: we didn't do offside and we nope. didn't have goalkeepers
2: Nope.
11: so the rules are very different and now as the offside rules has been introduced the girls have to learn that so it's making it harder to play like that yep. and the pitches are now full sized for us and the goals are massive so we've got to <laughs> um, figure out how to play the game properly and better before.
2: How did you find that transition, Rose? Because I know it can be daunting. Like you say, I mean the offside rule—you you should it's be a hard, hard one for
1: absolutely uh, hard
2: pressed. <laughs> it. I mean I've got a fair idea of what the offside <laughs> rule is, but it, you know, that aside, how did you find the adjustment from the small-sided pitch to to the the, the full size pitch? And like I say, particularly with the goals, I mean they must have looked huge. Yeah, from when I first
11: saw the pitch, I thought it was massive, way too big for our team because yeah. we're all small compared to it. But after a few games on it, you get used to the size because you have more space to play. Yep. And the goals are just bigger shots to be able to get more goals.
1: Aha. So, hmm. so what's kept you playing football for 10 years, Rose?
11: Uh, probably my passion for it. I really love it. And since you've also been playing for a while, uh, it's, I've been going where you've been going for soccer. So it's just always been that.
1: Okay. Um, final question for you, kid. Can you name three famous female footballers? Oh,
11: Sam
2: Kerr, mm-hmm. um, Lisa Devana and Lisa Davidio. Hey.
1: Good job. Oh, vids will be stoked yeah, by you. Unbelievable. Yep, there's a Christmas card coming your way. i tell <laughs> you what, when, when Rose was younger, the Lisa Devana and Elisa Davidio you know. would get mixed up. Yep. Um, Lisa and Elise, yep. Yeah. Um, but I'm very pleased that um, you've differentiated the two. I'm going to tell I pizza. still used to get them
11: mixed up all
1: the time. <laughs> Good job. Excellent work, Rose. Um, and I know you're working for your family business today, so we'll let you get back to that for the final few minutes before they close I appreciate your time today, Rose. Thank you. And um, yeah, no go go, Mum FC, 16s, girls in their teams tomorrow in their games.
2: Good on you, Rose.
1: Thank See. you. Bye. Bye. And that was Rosemarie Hoth. Girls, 16, Division 1 player, Mum FC. Man, she's grown a lot and talks differently <laughs> since the first time and last time we had her on. Wow. It's nice to
2: hear the passion though. I mean, that that's one of the, the key words for the retention that you were talking about, Penny, yeah. that um, yeah, if you don't have the passion or, and particularly with the, the coaching um, to to enforce and, and allow that to, to grow, you, you're not going to retain anybody in anything.
1: Do you know, I've not actually heard her say that before. And it was interesting that I've been passionate about my football. There's no two ways about it. As we all have. Yep. And I've loved the travel and the connections that football brings. Love that. And I've often wondered because she comes with me. Yes. So she travels with me too. Then that part is really good. So when a child is younger... And, you know, the bond between a parent and a child is pretty strong because they're with you so much. But as they get older, they form their own friendships in yes. their school time and do their own activities. I've often wondered what effect that would have on her commitment to football. Right. Um, so it's nice to hear her say passion yeah, in, I in mean, the conversation uh, about that. You know, to
2: have that, um, you know, tangible um, experience to yes. s- see where football yep. can actually take you. And, and like I say, it wasn't... I don't know don't take this wrong It wasn't in your prime, but if you continue, these rewards are available for all players. Yeah. Uh, like I said, with me, and I'm going to drop in the Subudio here, um, I've been able, through Subudio, which is a form of football, yep. been able to travel to Japan, uh, Singapore, um, Gibraltar, when the World Cup was on. Yep. Uh, so just that table football has allowed me to travel the world as well.
1: The connection to football, Hugh. There you go. It's absolutely fantastic and we can talk about it every
2: <laughs> for every minute of every hour
1: <laughs> every day and
2: every year of this century.
1: We will be back in a minute and we'll be having a chat to Matt Stacy about Perth Glory and their three upcoming home games. Back shortly, Hugh and Penn on the World Football Program.
3: Radio Fremantle 107.9 FM.
4: Gate and Fence Hardware WA is your hardware shop online. Find all the parts you need to fix, make and secure your gates and fences. Friendly staff and family offer advice to help your project along or order in your special part. Gate and Fence Hardware WA. Station sponsor. Oh, give me land, lots of land under starry
0: skies above.
9: Don't fence me in. Oswest Fencing and Wrought Iron. Are you looking to build or replace your gates or fencing? The Oswest team can offer four generations of advice, materials, and kit assemblies for your unique fence and gate project. We specialise in colour bond aluminium, steel, and timber gates. Check out our galleries at oswestfencing.com.au. That's A U S W E S T fencing.com.au.
3: Don't me in
7: Not too long to go now We aren't just the people who mow your lawn We aren't just the people who paint your houses We aren't just office workers Or taxi drivers
5: Or even the family next door Underneath it all, we are fans No matter when, no matter where We'll be there.
1: I like that promo. We're back. It's Pen and Hugh in the studio and we are having a chat to Matt Stacey. Good morning, Matt.
0: Good morning, how are you guys? We love the
2: Chelsea Daggers
1: Super awesome, thank you for joining us uh, Have you been to all the home games this season, Matt?
0: All but one when I was away when they had the games changed around
1: Yep, and, and isn't that the challenge yes. this season? It's planning for when the games are going to be and then they yep. change and replanning again Yep but uh, I think that the Glory have done a great job in working with whatever it is they've had to work with. The shed is open today. Yay! Yep. Or so, tomorrow. Oh, sorry, tomorrow. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it's open for tomorrow.
2: How yeah. old was that? I mean, you know, the shed, standing in front of the shed, that was just such an odd vision. And uh, how do you, you know, how do you get that uh, that to react? It's like... Yeah. Okay. We'll just stand up here and. Uh. But you
1: do what you normally do. You go to the game if you're going to get to the game, yeah. and you shout for your team and do your thing. So, so Matt, we won the last two games. Yep. It's pretty good. We're in the bottom half of the table, though. So we've got some yes. damn hard work.
2: to two do. Two more games that puts us in the top.
1: No, we we still make. We'll still make it. Yeah.
0: We'll make the eight. Well, we'll make the six. I mean.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we. Yeah. yeah. We've got a we've got a tough call. We've got um, Melbourne West, City, yeah. Macarthur, Central Coast, uh, Sydney, and I don't know who the other two are above us. But we're sitting tenth on the table at the moment, Matt. We've got a lot of work to do. Yeah,
0: but we've got we're we're, we're the team. Remember, we've got games in hand yeah. that they don't.
2: That's right.
1: That's true. Yeah,
2: yeah. and home games yeah. as well.
1: Well, that that's true. Yeah. Right? and then the next games coming up, we've got Western Sydney Wanderers on Sunday at six fifteen. Adelaide on Wednesday, Macarthur on the twenty third. So we got three home games on the trot, and then are we going to travel to Wellington? Yes. Matt? Are we? Will Tony let the team travel to Wellington? Yes. Oh, it, it's a big call. He was rather frustrated with yeah. the fact that we'd have all these home games and then have to go all the way to Wellington.
0: Well, they don't. They don't really have a choice. I
1: oh, know. It seems a bit unfair and unreasonable. So, but then again. Think, think about it for
0: the their fans over there. They haven't seen their teams play, so yes. it's good that their fans are able to have some home games over in New Zealand. Yeah, yeah
2: and we supposedly have that ANZAC bubble. So you know, if we've got the bubble, then know yeah, maybe we should utilize it. Like I say, it's the same as we had with uh, with the Glory going. Well, when are we going to see them play at home? And yes. like I say, the, the Phoenix fans have have not seen them all, all season. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's right. Yep. Um, So, Matt, what do you think about our form at the moment? We have won the last two games. Yep. Um, So 2-1 and 3-0. Yep.
0: I think the form's going well, considering we're not getting... A lot of people don't know this. The players are only getting recovery in between games. They're not Mm. getting proper training, so they're not being able to fix any little problems that happened like the week before that so honestly the form is really good considering all the challenges the team's actually having and yep. we've got a young team that everyone's wanted but complain when they don't Shit. do results. Yep. We're in, we're in a building year.
1: So you think Garcia's
0: well. doing all right? Yeah, is doing a brilliant job with the situations he's had
1: mm-hmm.
0: and It's not easy for, it wouldn't be easy for a coach not being able to train your team the way you want to train them in the season.
1: Yep. Yep. Well, we were talking about that with uh, Tom Samhari, who's the New Zealand women's coach. He's not going to get to see his players for the Olympics until they actually get to Japan because they're playing all around the world. How hard is that for a coach? So... All all these things that are happening in
2: COVID. So, Matt, you were saying that they they have limited uh, training time, that it's just basically playing and uh, recovery, then playing, recovery. How, then, has uh, Richard Garcia been able to implement the back three so successfully? I mean, it's been a back four for most of the season. Then all of a sudden, we've gone back three. You know, normally a, a, a change like that would require some significant readjustment on the training track.
0: Yeah, so I'm not sure we've been working on little bits, but I would imagine it was a roll of the dice. Let's see if this works. Wow. Yep. To save the season, pretty much, and it, and it has.
2: Wow. I mean, yep. I, I've not uh, thought of uh, of Garcia as a let's throw all the darts at the board and see which <laughs> one lands. Uh, you know, he, he seems to be a fairly level-headed coach. W- there must have been some some thought process. Do, I mean, do, when we, you,
1: do you know what we're in the bottom half of the table. Yeah. We've got to we've got to do whatever it is we've got to do and yeah. sh- shake up.
2: Yeah, I stuff. mean, Popper was playing the back three with, with with some really fantastic wing backs, and and we were all super excited as to how that uh, how that looked on the park. And then we've gone to, the, well, Garcia comes in, goes to a back four. We go, yeah, okay, fair enough. A little bit more solid at the back, and then. Like I say, he's just thrown this curveball at at us and the league uh, as a whole. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's working. Yeah. Oh, it's working, yeah. yeah. So, um,
1: Matt, your
0: thoughts on Kilkenny leaving the squad? Oof. Oh, I'll be careful what I say because yeah, I don't want to upset set anyone. Yep. But honestly, most sure we the time is right. For him to go, he's been a brilliant player. But honestly, I've noticed a change in him in this season on
2: the pitch. Do you think attitude. Oh, okay. I was going to say, do you you think it's attitude, not injury? Uh, He he seemed to be maybe carrying something that undisclosed.
0: I reckon it's more attitude, and the direction we're going isn't the direction he's wanting. Wow. Honestly, and remember, he's wanted to become a coach, um, player, then coach. Right. So maybe that's the direction is not what we're going in. So it's best to part ways now.
2: So what do you think? Maybe a club like MacArthur, who would be sort of a bit more uh, open to the idea of a player-coach?
1: Well, actually, what about Steve McGarry? Because when he came to the his end of playing with North yeah. Glory, yeah. uh, he ended up stepping into the development. Of that's right.
2: Side. He did. So there's no role for Kilkenny uh, being offered well,
0: there? I don't know. We don't know. He oh, might okay. not even play again. He might not even play again. Wow. He might retire after this as a player mm. and maybe just focus in going into coaching.
6: Mm. Okay. No, so,
0: no 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 one no one's actually asked that question. Yeah. What is is he going to be involved some way in another role rather yeah. than a player?
1: Well, Matt, when we get you back on the show, make sure you've asked that question <laughs> so that you can answer yeah. it next time you're on the
0: show. There's but that I bus do, again. I do have some. I do have something to say. Because. All members, make sure you've checked your emails because the game that we got changed on the fifth that we weren't allowed into the ground. All mem, all full paid members have got two general admission tickets as compensation, okay. so they can give to friends to go to a game of any any of the last three home games, so we get more people in the ground.
6: Excellent.
1: Right, yeah, that's good, because the capacity's increased. I'm not quite sure if it's open to 100%. 100%? 100%? A all, 100%. All. Yep. Yeah, perfect. So it should be a, a normal home game, and if everything goes well, fingers crossed, in our community, then the next two games after this will also be sheds open, 100% capacity, and maybe bring your mates down as well. So get yep. down to the game. Yep. 6.15 kickoff on Sunday at the HBF Park. And, Matt, I did want to ask you too, we've got the Olympics coming up and um, Van Egmont's taking the squad because Arnie's going to be doing the World Cup qualifiers. But do you think there's any players in our glory squad that deserve a little bit of attention there?
0: It's hard to know. Because of do we really want our players going? <laughs> cause it's, uh, they'll be taken away. <laughs> At the crucial time of the season, I would, as much as I think some of them most probably do deserve, but honestly, in a fair point, I would rather them stay here. So,
2: (laughs) Chris Economides, you're quite happy for him to to stick around?
12: Yeah, happy. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah we we might have to get that uh, Perth Glory hat off you next time. <laughs> Look,
1: um, Ke- Keanezy and Faunarogi yeah. and Econometas are just absolutely brilliant for us. Oh, it's, yeah. sensational! Yeah, we, we we don't want to split that attack at all, at all do we, Matt?
2: No. You got a uh, prediction for us tomorrow, Matt? Uh, you know, Western Sydney Wanderers are in pretty good form at the moment.
1: Yeah, I reckon that
0: we will probably win. 3-1.
2: Oh, I thought you were going to go the clean sheet again. Give Liam Reddy another no. clean sheet.
0: Not this one. I Not reckon
2: 3-1. Okay. Okay. We'll take right. that.
1: Um, Matt, thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your time and go the glory. Okay. See Bye. you All later. Right. Bye. Good on you, Matt. Ta-da. That was uh, Matthew Stacey, who is the guy that always wears everything glory on That's match it. day from yep. shoes shoes. Upwards to that great big hat that he normally wears. And I've got
2: my glory shirt on. Okay, it's the glory women's shirt because oh, we okay, were talking Matt. women's football today. Yep. So.
1: Yep. And uh, good tip from Matt there. If you're three-one, uh, that's a, We'll take that every day yeah, of the week. And I wasn't talking about that tip, but that was a good tip. Um, I was talking about if you're a member, check your emails. Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. With yeah. And and don't tickets. just sit on that ticket. Pass it on to uh, to family and friends and get that uh, whole crowd buzzing. Yeah.
1: Yep, it, it, is, it is a full weekend of football. I mean, there's yeah. get out and about and watch your um, State League games, your FA, uh, F- your cup F- games. F- your cup a games. Cup? Okay. Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> uh, so, cup games and then there's the women's NPL tomorrow, yep. State League matches tomorrow, and then finish up with the glory if you just haven't had enough football by that stage yep. before you go back to work And you've got Monday. the North
2: Perth game on uh, Wednesday as well, so if you yeah. can't get to the glory game, you can always go to that FFA Cup. Yep.
1: Yep. Um, I think it's been a little bit quiet, I feel, on the uh, World Cup qualifiers and the uh, Olympics um, Mm. lead-in, for obvious reasons. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, You know, preparation has been compromised because of the situation with with COVID and travel and everything. And I I really do feel for the the players and the coaches and management of of all the international teams in their organisation of this, they've had to do... I feel, a lot of work to make the Olympics happen. Mm -hmm. And I I haven't been sure it's going to actually happen, but when I was watching television the other night and I saw some of the heats happen with the athletes and they were actually in the stadiums and without any spectators, and I'm thinking, good on them, because you do a four-year cycle to get to an Olympics, just like a World Cup qualifier. There's all these prep tournaments along the way which haven't been able to happen. So there's a lot of uh, mental focus that has to happen and if an athlete was told that the olympics wasn't on that four year cycle that they're yeah. leading for would be very devastating oh, unbelievable
2: and that's why um you know the olympic committee decided that if you had a, a qualifying mark not Obviously for football, but uh, qualifying mark for the Olympics in twenty twenty that would carry on to twenty twenty one regardless of yes. of current form. So that that's good to see. The other thing we need to talk about is that, oh, well, mention is that the uh, the the twenty twenty Euros are going to be on as well. So they, there's going to be some of those players that will go from their domestic league to the to the Olympics, then to the Euro Nations uh, tournament, then back to their domestic league. So you know, there's going to be some burnout and injury issues.
1: That is such a great question. And when Matt said that they're basically doing rehab yeah. and recuperation rather than training, I, I think that's that's really key: is that you don't burn out players. Mm. And but can you, as a coach, can you talk through the mental part of the game, the game structure, and the strategies without actually going on the park and implementing it fully?
2: Well, that, that's what I was saying with that, uh, that that back three to you know to play back four and then. Throw the darts at the dartboard and go. Yeah, we'll do this without any major training to be uh to be put onto the onto the onto the players. I mean, okay, they were used to that system under Popovich, but
1: there's a lot of interesting challenges and questions oh, yeah. that COVID throws up. And look, it doesn't mean it's necessarily bad. It just means it's a change and it's yep. different. And you know, the business model of football changes and the. You know, the model of how you play football and compete has, has changed. Mm-hmm. And everybody's in the same space, and it's interesting seeing how different people and clubs and associations are, are all to tackling that one. Yep.
2: yep. And just one more thing that's happening yep. in the uh, the football world, uh, 22 Titchbourne Street, Coburn Central, Sepudio Perth have got their monthly meeting on from 9 o'clock. Come on down. All equipment supplied. It's a friendly atmosphere. Unless I'm playing, then you need some earplugs, obviously. <laughs> but uh, come on down. New members welcome. We'll, uh, we'd love to have you down there.
1: Thanks, everybody, for listening in. Hugh, it's been absolutely fantastic My you. My pleasure always, man. Penny. See you next time. You bet. You've been listening to Penn and Hugh on the World Football Program. Up next is Len and Bags Groove with the jazz show. Go Glory! Go Glory!
3: Today's 94942100 for
10: information on how to become a member or to donate to the station. Thanks for your support.
0: Join us again next week at the same time for the World Football Program on Radio Fremantle, 107.9 FM.